Hello, everybody. My name is Landon Arenas. Thanks for listening to episode 186 of the Vortex of Allegedic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ. Ricardo, a.k.a. Beef, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Thank you, Father, for... uh Another podcast that we're able to do, far and few in between that they are. Thank you for my brother out in California who's fighting the battle and fighting the fight to uh, continue to uh, advance God's kingdom out there in a, a difficult, difficult market of, uh, I hate to use the word market, but um, in a different, difficult um, mission field, if you will. And uh, just pray. We pray for California, Father, that you'd that you would bless that state, that you would um, remove the evil out of government and uh, replace it with godly and fear God fearing, God honoring men and women who would uh, govern that state righteously. And uh, we pray for the same for all the fifty states, Father. And uh, we just pray, Father, that you would guide this. Podcasts as we as we begin to talk about various um, items, um, which might be in the news, might be in the scriptures, but we we will uh, honor, try to honor you with uh, what we are doing. And so, thank you, Father, for this opportunity. And uh, in Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Hey, Amen. What's up, brother? How are you? Ah, uh, man, I'm busier than Bruce Lee in a kicking contest. <sighs> I know you are too. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But you know what? We've been itching, right? We've been itching it, yeah. to get in here and, and get get a podcast done because we haven't in what a week and a half, almost two. So I know it's. It seems like every time we try to do a podcast, something pops up and interrupts, and you know that's just uh, that's that's battle, brother. That's just battle. Oh you know? yeah, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, but anyway, we we don't quit nah. ever. No. Under no circumstances. No, absolutely not. Nope. We, nope. We're going to continue going, you know, until yep. the Lord shuts us down completely. And so far, well, yeah. it just takes us a little longer to get together and do a podcast. But <laughs> that, you know? Yeah. Look, you're true. getting choked up already, see? Yeah, I'm all choked up. <laughs> you know what's great about this podcast? Tell us. Everybody listens to podcasts of a bunch of people that know everything, right? Uh, oh yeah, they're the experts, right? Huh? Really smart people, you know. You got these Ivy League, Ivy League PhDs doing podcasts. You got these experts in different fields doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. you got all this stuff. You know, the best thing about this podcast is you and I are both clueless. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you we know, started the podcast, you know, right? Being clueless. You know, like, why? Oh. you know why, folks? Are you aren't you tired of listening to podcasts with a bunch of people that already know what they're talking about? <laughs> I know a bunch I of know. know-it-alls. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disparaging the other our other podcasters out there at all. No, uh, but uh, I mean, listen to Clueless every once in a while. You might yeah. learn something. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. I think we're gonna have to change our name to the Clueless Podcast. 
you know, two average, just two average guys, two uh, clueless average guys get together and average guys that, um, are that we don't know any better than to just do a podcast. (laughs) Two clueless guys having clueless discussions on a clueless podcast. That's it. So come and join us. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's good yep. marketing, huh? Yeah, absolutely. That would be perfect marketing for us, right? I think we'll yeah, draw bigger, yeah. we'll draw a bigger crowd. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Our crowd would uh increase by a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So what do you have as far as news, bro? You've been keeping up with the news. Well. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you can find as real news. The, the, Nowadays, uh, news. I wouldn't even call them news. <laughs> you know what I do when I get tired of watching the propaganda? Uh huh. I'll either pop open my Bible or I'll watch a movie. <laughs> you know what? That that that's that's <laughs> or go, yes. go or go go to CrossFit class. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm folks. I'm I'm coughing because I'm suffering the ravages of the season. Wow, doggone flowers keep blooming. <laughs> so if you hear you hear some sniffling and stuff, you know, it's just that's what it is. <laughs> I blame it on the flowers. Which are beautiful, by the way. <laughs> so you know, it, it it's uh it is propaganda. It's all a lot of, it's all just and did you ever notice nothing really changes? No, it doesn't. I mean, okay, they kept talking about the debt ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. The debt ceiling. And I mean, who is it used to say the deficit? Oh, it wasn't that the 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 senator from Tennessee, Vice President Gore, he'd say the yeah. he'd say the, the yeah, deficit. Let me, yeah. Let me tell you, let me let me tell you about the deficit. The deficit. The deficit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the debt so so here's here's a debt ceiling, folks. Here's the real debt ceiling, okay? Got credit cards in your pocket? Uh-huh. Car payment? Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Um, you got a bank loan? Uh-huh. Okay. You got a mortgage or rent? You pay rent? Uh-huh. Okay. Look up at the ceiling where you're sitting. That's your debt ceiling. <laughs> right there. That's it. Yep. Because Americans are so far in debt right now. They they can't even see straight. Mm. They dig into mm. their wallet and try to figure out which which credit card they're going to pull out next. <laughs> right? No, you're right. Yeah. How are we going to pay the groceries this month, Martha? I don't know. You got that? Oh, we'll go, you know what? We're out of credit cards. We're all maxed out. Let's go get us another one. All right. Uh, exactly. I was saying, what you got? Apply for another yeah. one. Come on. Yeah. So what are we doing? We're acting just like the government. We complain about the government having debt. We complain about the government government having a deficit, and uh, <clears throat> then we kind of turn around and do the same thing the government's doing. Mm. Hmm. What does Matthew seven say about that? I don't know. What does it say? Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. Hey, bro, what are you doing? You went past it. It's just not, period. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Nobody read the rest of it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it doesn't stop there? Isn't judge not, and that's it? Um, 
Run, Dick, run. Catch catch the ball, Spot. I mean, is that the extent of our uh, <laughs> our ability to read the Bible? Judge not. I did my Bible reading for the day, folks. I am a good boy. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Right? I, I had to trip you up there a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's, let's go a little bit past the judge not part. Judge oh, not more. that you be not judged. Mm. But what with what judge? Should I do it in a southern accent? Since I'm you know not what? Here? You should. Why not? All right. All right. For what? For what? Wait a minute. Try this again. For with what judgment you judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you met, you meet, uh, it shall be measured to you again. And what beholdest thou the, the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? How, or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. There ain't nothing better than a southern preacher, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the thing is, is that uh, we run up our credit cards, right? We, we we go out and get our bank loans. We get our 720 or $750 a month payment on our pickup truck. Right, that's yep. uh, not not sixty months, brother, but even further out. Mm-hmm. You know, seven, eight years of payments. Yes, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> then we complain about. Wait a minute, why don't I have any money left at the end of the month? What? Mm-hmm. Why do I have more month than I have money? Well, because you're acting like the government, doing the same thing the government's doing. But see, the problem is they can raise a debt ceiling and you can't. And you know what mm-hmm. happens when they raise a debt ceiling? What the dollar that? that you're earning, mm-hmm. it, it becomes less and less and less valuable. Yeah. What does the Bible say about debt, brother? Don't be in it. Don't be in debt. What does Proverbs say? Do you remember? No, you know, that clueless part is kicking in. It says that the, the borrower is slave to the lender. To the lender, that's right. Yes. We are slaves to those lenders. Uh-huh. And, and it does use the word slave. No, it does. It sure does. That is the word it uses. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, how did you pay a, a debt? You were a slave to that. Yeah. You know, the, the, to the lender you until you paid off, right? You're dead entirely. Then you were freed right. from that, you know, slave role. No, you served that family. Mm-hmm. You paid off your debt. And, uh, <clears throat> but we don't do it that way today. No. But do you think if we did, less people would be in debt? Oh, absolutely. You know, who would, it would be a great lesson to people. And it would bring about better stewardship of finances and managing 
your debt ceiling, right? Right. Stewardship, man. That's you a know? word the government today don't want to hear. <laughs> when do you hear it, right? I, I, I you hear it more from uh, from a biblical uh, standpoint, a biblical perspective. You hear it more right. from pastors' mouths or you know clueless guys like us. Stewardship, stewardship. Yeah, we're just Bible thumping clueless guys. You know, yeah, right. We don't know anything. We're just a bunch of guys that around reading the Bible. I mean, you know. Clueless, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Clueless about the way the world does things. Mm -hmm. We're clueless about debt. We're clueless about society. We're clueless about the latest trend in clothing. We're clueless mm -hmm. about a whole bunch of stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But you know what we're not clueless about? How God, how God created his universe how he created this world and how he created us and how, and, and, and <clears throat> how he had Adam first and then he mm -hmm. had Eve and they weren't the same. You know, biologically they, they had a little bit of a difference going on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you know what, what he didn't do brother. What's up brother. He didn't create any more beyond that. Mm. I wonder why. Well, because he he's just not into marching on, on parades and calling it a pride dilly dally. Mm. <clears throat> you know? Yep, yep. He's not a parade marcher. You know, right. he doesn't God doesn't have a day. Okay, this is God Day. Let's celebrate God. You know? Right. I mean, you know, like you have a Oh, he he don't have a God month. How's that? Mm, that's everybody got a month. Like yeah. Everybody got a month, except for, except for you know us white guys. We don't have a month, but no, no, yeah, you know, yeah. Can't have white month. No, God don't white, have a month. White either. Pride month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. That no, no, I wouldn't fly. <laughs> I wouldn't fly, and don't want one. <laughs> don't want one of them. So. um God don't have a month either. Mm. So what 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 if we came out and said, uh, okay, June is God month. All we're gonna do is praise and glorify God for the month of June. You think the world gets stirred up about that one? Just a little bit. You know who would be uh protesting? The atheist. Oh, and I think nah, the atheist would probably some just you think so? Maybe. I don't know. Atheists don't really protest much. They just yeah. sit around mocking people. Yeah. But if you were to say, you know, June is God's month, that word God is like, what? You know, come out and no. say, how dare you say God? What? what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. say it. Why can't, can't you call it the spaghetti? It, what is it? it? The spaghetti anyway. monster in the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, it, it's not going to be accepted. You know why, bro? Because they hate God. No. Right? Really? <laughs> I, yeah. Hello. Does it? The Apostle Paul say that in Romans? Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, he, he kind of He, he uh, was kind of clueless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so, brother. I, I uh, 
Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, well I, I had a PhD, I, my man. Well, <laughs> yeah, true. But I was going to say he was kind of clueless before regeneration. There. Oh, and why is that? Man, we just went from one subject to the next. Why is that? You know, as smart as he was. Uh-huh. And he was extremely smart. You're right. He had PhDs and you know what PhD, I'm saying? What was equivalent to a PhD back then in Roman days and uh, studying under um, Galileo? Galileo? Galileo, right? Uh, not Galileo. That's Wasn't the Galileo? guy up in the stars. Anyway, he studied under one of the highest, one of the most uh, uh, profound and uh, intelligent professors of his mm-hmm. day. Okay, and uh, and uh, so that was uh, so he was he was up and coming, my man. Mm. He was up and coming, but still clueless until God knocked him off his horse when he was on the way to um, uh, Damascus. Is that where mm-hmm. it was? Yes, sir. And, uh, he's riding along, mind his own business, not doing anything. Just riding along with his with his you know with his homeboys, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't mean to be. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, you know, just riding along, mind his own business. And what does God do? God come along, knocked him right off his horse with lightning. Yeah. Sure did. There was a preacher in the. Um, I think it was in the eight, late 1800s, named Sheffy. He was a circuit riding preacher. Uh, mm. In the United States, and uh, he came to Christ. No, it wasn't him. You know who it was? It was Sergeant York. I'm getting my mm. history mm-hmm. mixed mixed up. Sergeant York came to Christ because lightning knocked him off of his horse one night during wow. the storm. Wow! And uh, and he he went to the altar and became a Christian. But anyway. <clears throat> Here's why the Apostle Paul was clueless. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Mm. There are yeah. different kinds of knowledge. Absolutely. There's a human uh, knowledge where you, where we have the capacity. God gave us the ability and the capacity to look at the universe that we're living in and learn from it. <clears throat> you know, that's where the sciences come from. We learn about the physical universe and the physical world that we live in and the unseen forces um, like the static electricity and gravity and things like that. But what we cannot understand uh, from the natural world uh, or from our natural looking at the world is we can't understand God. God. We can deduct that God exists. Uh, then we then we're left you know, to our own devices trying to figure out what you know who that is. Of course, the definition of God being the ultimate being. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it's the divine revelation of God that the natural man cannot understand. It's not, it's not saying that he's that the natural man or natural woman is not intelligent. It's saying <clears throat> that they don't understand spiritual things. They don't understand God. They don't understand his divine revelation. 
they don't understand spiritual things because they're spiritually discerned. Just mm-hmm. like science is discerned through logic and experimentation and, and the mind uh, figuring these things out from from those tools, spiritual things are understood from spiritual sources. Mm. Yeah, and that was and huge back why. then. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was uh, looking up uh, the school, you know, the school where he Paul came from. It was Gamaliel. Gamaliel. That's who I. That's I who it was, brother. Name. Yeah. I could not. Yeah, whom was called because he, I guess uh, he was called a Hebrew of Hebrews. Yes, the tribe of Benjamin, as I recall. Yep, tribe of Benjamin. Mm-hmm. A Pharisee of the Pharisees. A Pharisee of the Pharisees. That is correct. But yeah, Gamaliel, Galileo, Gamaliel. You know. Kind of close. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, Gamaliel probably looked up at the stars too. I mean, I'm not going to disparage that, you know. You know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> absolutely, bro. So, so, you know, he was dealing with the day of Rome, the time of Rome. <clears throat> Paul was, and you know, the the church was in its infancy then, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the church had to survive under the most dire circumstances and something very, very difficult to do. I mean, I'm pretty much utterly impossible to do. The church mm-hmm. could have easily been wiped out. Like many cults mm-hmm. during that time were wiped out <clears throat> by action of the Jews or the Romans. And uh, <clears throat> because, you know, Rome was so powerful. And the Jew Jewish Council, the Sanhedrin Council, and all that had such influence. Uh, there were many <clears throat> false Christs that rose up before Christ came before the real Christ came along, and many of them rose up after he resurrected and ascended. Um, <clears throat> and they were all crushed. They were all they were all dis, disbar- disparaged and, and so forth. But Jesus Christ, they could not defeat him because he was the real Christ. He was the son of God. And so the church survived for one reason only, and that is because the Holy Spirit (coughs) was guiding and strengthening the church. Without the work of the Holy Spirit in the church, without the Holy Spirit taking the gospel and regenerating people and spreading like wildfire, Um, The church would have never survived, but it survived by uh, miraculous means. Amen. And that was huge because, you know, in in a time where, you know, spirituality was, you know, uh, it was huge across the land. It was huge within uh, the Jewish nation you know, with the uh, appearance of many gods and many, uh, again, like you mentioned, Christ, so-called Christ that came into town, you know, and they were spewing their deceitful teachings, their their false theology. Uh, it was a huge, huge topic within that time, brother. So when a, a high leader, a high position leader, like, you know, the apostle Paul was before his conversion, uh, which uh, his name was Saul, um, you know, that was shocking. That was shocking to the Pharisees. That was shocking, you know, to all those that looked up to him as the, uh, you know, the preacher, the teacher of uh, of the law. 
So it was extremely shocking. And to for him to, I mean, when he was called by God, right when he got knocked out of his horse, I mean, he didn't question, you know, who who it was. He knew who it was. He acknowledged God immediately. Mm -hmm. And and what a conversion, brother. Like, it it was instantaneous. Yeah. I mean, to some people, as shocking as it was, but because he was held in such high regard because he was a teacher for two, you know, high teacher for the for the uh, Pharisees. Mm-hmm. I can only see how that was a big testimony to them as well. Well, <clears throat> I think some of them came to Christ mm-hmm. on the way. Right. And um, <clears throat> I think Nicodemus did. Eventually. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. <clears throat> you know, because he was one of the one of the Pharisees that tenderly handled the body of Christ after mm-hmm. after his crucifixion. Um, Absolutely. And so, yeah, so that's an example of how the church thrives under persecution. Mm-hmm. Now, remember when, when Caesar, um, Caesar Nero came along, um, he was a big persecutor of the church, mainly the Christians in, in the Roman capital, Rome. Right. But uh, um, not, not throughout the entire empire but the the christians that were within the city of rome suffered tremendous persecution and um yet even under that severe persecution the church grew like wildfire and what's interesting is you see the same kind of thing happening in china today Mm -hmm. you know china's been in news lately because of they're wanting to persecute christians um, they wanted to, they have recently basically outlawed the church again, uh, church home, houses, um, mm-hmm. meetings and houses uh, and all of that. And uh, I think it's because they fear the church. They understand the power of a movement like that and how it could be a threat to the mm-hmm. Chinese government because oh, the church is especially a dictatorship. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's that's huge. Well, I mean, it's an atheistic government. China, mm-hmm. Communism is atheistic in its foundational uh, nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some people say no, 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 because uh, you know Christians can live in a commune. Well, that's that's a different thing. The, well, the, what do we say? Yes, in fear. <laughs> right. The, the 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 communism that was built, uh, you know, in. It was uh, built up in the Soviet Union and mm-hmm. in communist China, was based upon uh, Marx's writings, Karl Marx, who based his writings upon a particular book and a comp- particular author. And mm-hmm. do you know who that is? Karl, mm, yeah, Darwin. That's correct. Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin. And, and the, the, the origin of the species. That's right. Yeah. That was the beginning of atheistic communism. And so so th- th- and so I, there was um, a small number of Christians in China mm-hmm. before the Cultural Revolution. I heard an estimate this week, brother, that there are 200,000 Christians in China today. Whoa. Now and 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 what China, what the Chinese government doesn't seem to learn, and I don't know why they don't learn this lesson, is that every time they persecute the church mm-hmm. in China, 
it spreads even more. Yeah, it gets bigger. <laughs> it's bigger. And uh, more people come to Christ. And so God's using this to bring a lot of people to himself. No. And um, and I did just never really learn that lesson. I, I, you know, they're not that good at understanding the church. Yeah. But um, that's what happens. And, you know, they, they keep pushing this, shutting down the churches and all this. They're going to turn around, uh, you know, a couple times, and there's going to be three hundred thousand Christians yeah. in China, and you know, you know eventually it's going to, you know, push toward a million. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I said three hundred thousand. I meant to say three hundred million. Oh, three hundred million. Okay. Yeah, okay. there's three hundred million Christians in China, in, or two hundred million, and it, it'll grow to three hundred million if, if they don't watch out. I said thousand. I meant to say million. Now the population of the United States last time I checked was like three hundred thirty million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that. the number of Christians in China, according to this statistic, is uh, about right around seventy or so percent of the population of the United States. <laughs> That's huge. That is huge. That is. You you can't. I mean, how ignorant can you be? You cannot fight God and win. Whoever mm. thinks they can fight God and win, they might as well just just walk off into oblivion. <laughs> I mean, that is the. Exactly. I'm sorry, but it's it's just really dumb. It's really dumb to think you can do that. You know. Um, You're absolutely correct, brother. And not only that, you know, because there's leaders that. Have, I think I've read of some leaders in the past that have said, you know, I will, whatever, whatever, God. And it's like, dude, you know, you have a time where you're going to die, right? God is always going to be there and you're going to be gone. And then your children are going to be gone and your children's children are going to be gone at some point. You're not going to be there for a long time. God doesn't change. He's the same. (laughs) Wasn't it Nietzsche that said, uh, you know, God is dead. And yeah, a generation later, they were printing Bibles out of his house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Generations dead. I mean, it's like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> He's sure not bad, buddy. I mean, just, you know, yeah. So that's kind of where it goes. Now, I do want to address something else <clears throat> that's kind of related. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a complicated area where, you know, the church and politics meet up. I think that uh, one of the reasons the church has been somewhat ineffective in America in bringing more people to Christ is because, um, I'm going to be careful how I say this, we spend more time alienating people by pushing our politics than we spend trying to get a get a, a a consultation with them if you will or or a meeting with them to present Christ mm. and and I think that we we talk a lot you know we we Christ, American Christians we talk a good game uh, and, and this is not disparaging of all Christians I'm not saying that I'm just saying that this these are some things I've noticed uh, just in a general sense, not true of everybody. We talk a good game, but we don't always carry out our own um, 
convictions or our own principles of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, um, it, you know, I, I was thinking, how do I, how do, how do you reach out to your neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, to present Christ? And it's getting harder and harder because everyone is kind of shut up in, in their shell, their house, right. Or their apartment. And people don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be left alone. I uh, met a couple here that their catty corner to us across the street here. And, um, you know, walking, I was walking Dirk, Dr. Dirk Brindle, our dog. Mm. <laughs> he has a, he has, he's a PhD foot doctor. I'll explain that later. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we, we, it's a funny story while, while we named him that. So anyway, we were, I was walking him around the neighborhood. Everybody likes to walk their dogs around here. It's such a nice neighborhood. And he was out working on his lawn, and we got into a little conversation. And uh, I found out that his wife is really sick, mm. really sick. She has some reoccurring sickness um, that put her in the hospital for, I think, six six weeks or so. Wow. Um, and just And she came out, and she's... She's uh, still struggling. He has to take care of her almost on a full-time basis. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, we talked for a little bit. And, then, you know, a couple of times I went out and walked the dog in. We talked some more. And I'm thinking, you know, how can I really connect with this couple that's really suffering? Mm-hmm. And so... I was sitting in church this last Sunday, and God just gave me the idea just to write a letter mm. and drop it in their mailbox. Yeah. So I wrote them a letter telling them basically that, hey, look, we're, we're your neighbors. You know, I was sitting in church, and we were thinking about you guys, and and we're just we want to let you know that we're here for you. We, you know, we want to, you know, if you need us to watch the house while you're gone or if you, you know, run to the groceries or make a meal or whatever – Whatever you need from us, you know, we're here for you. Basically, mm-hmm. what I told him, you know, and uh, you know, and then I just told him, you know, God bless and your neighbor, and gave him my phone number, and and he knows my address. So, I mean, we're basically see each other's house when we look out the window. Um, <clears throat> he called me a couple of days later. Uh, this mm-hmm. just yesterday, and uh, we had a really good conversation. Oh, and he said that's that. Awesome. He said that note really, really touched him. Oh, wow. And his wife, both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God just put put them on my heart. And I just, I was just thinking, you know, that you got to, you got to think outside the box mm-hmm. to connect with people these days. Just going on social media is not good enough. We got to right. get face to face communication with folks. We got to demonstrate to them the love of Christ. And you know what I didn't ask him? I didn't ask him his political facil- uh, affiliation. I don't care what it is. Yeah. It's a family that's suffering and going through a hard time. That's all we should need to know. I don't care if they're liberal or libertarian or conservative or what. It's it's a family going through a difficult time. Amen. And that's where our mindset should be. So <clears throat> that's connecting with our neighbors for the sake of the gospel. Right. Now, what about what about the political side of it? Because you know, we're so wrapped up in it and we're coming up to an election. Yeah, you know, we're I mean, everybody everybody and their brothers jumping into the race now. Mm-hmm. 
and uh and 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 their cousin and their niece and um well basically the whole family but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um and so everybody's gonna there's gonna be these dividing lines and everybody's gonna get all riled up this that and the other thing um how do we discern the difference between being involved in government, like voting or campaigning for someone, mm-hmm. and being involved in the church. How do we discern that? Mm. And the answer is <clears throat> that biblically, they are they are both authorities with different jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. So the government is an authority ordained by God. For the in civil matters, for the purpose mm. of carrying out civil matters, for the purpose of <clears throat> providing protection for its citizens, and that includes, you know, being able to go to war if they have to to protect their protect their citizens, and providing for uh, safety, or you know, in the sense of uh, public safety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a legitimate function of government to. You know, if someone is in dire need, um, they're being robbed or their house is being broken into, uh, police responding to that to um, to punish the evil and protect the innocent. That mm-hmm. is a biblical function of government. Um, and, you know, so those those are things that government is designed to do. And the courts, right? Mm-hmm. The government courts are different from the church courts, right? Right. Uh, the government courts are to um, are to um, when someone is charged with a crime, it, it's for the purpose of determining guilt or innocence, and then mm-hmm. uh, carrying out a sentence, right? If they're guilty, right? Um, and and you know they can incarcerate people. Now the church can't do any of that. That's not what God ordained the church for. The church. Uh, functions in a different form of government. There is a church government. And a lot of people don't know this. They, they go to church all their lives and they have no clue that there's a church government. And there is. God God ordained it in the scriptures. And when you look in 1 Timothy, you look in Titus, where it talks about the qualification of an elder or pastor, it's giving you information on church government. And there's a number of different other passages that talk about church government in the scriptures. And what's the purpose of elders in a church? Well, it's to, it's to, um, in a sense, rule over the people of the church, not rule in the sense of a governmental sense, like a police officer um, enforcing laws, mm-hmm. but in the sense of preaching the scriptures on Sunday. And did you know that preaching the scriptures every Sunday is a form of church discipline? Mm. And that that the scriptures actually call uh, teaching and ruling elders of the church officers. That's the actual term used in scripture. Uh, my my one of my relatives was shocked to hear that recently. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why do they call it an officer? Because I had my, my book that I'm yeah. studying, 
and it had, you know, it talked about church officers and he goes, what, yeah. what is that? You know, he's been going to church all of his life. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, they're called officers. And the other function is uh, to protect the church from heresy, false doctrine. Uh, those would come in and cause problems in the, in, among the sheep in the congregation. Um, and to, uh, uh, to um, perform church discipline on those who are um, in sin and unrepentant, and, yeah. and they won't they won't uh, repent and they won't um, take action to correct the, the issue. Uh, and those that's the authority of the church. That's an ecclesiastical authority. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about separation of church and state. When when that letter was written to the Danbury Baptist by um, was it uh, Tom, uh, Thomas Jefferson? I believe so. Yes, he wrote that. This is what he was explaining. He was explaining the difference between governmental authority or jurisdiction and church authority and jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So they have equal authority under God's eyes, but different jurisdiction. Right. Now, so that obviously knocks out the idea of a theocracy, mm-hmm. a church state, right? That is not scriptural. It's contrary to scripture. You cannot have a church state. So does that mean that government is just free to go do whatever it wants without consequence? Make nope. up any law it wants, you know? What do you think, brother? They think they do. But, you know, well, and if you think about it, a lot of them do out of rebellion. But Mm -hmm. biblically speaking, no. God does set govern the governments. He sets the church governance. But he also states that if the government is running, you know, uh, astray from biblical uh, teaching and instruction, then the biblical side, I mean, in the church size of governance reigns over that because they are, you know, rebelling against the word of God. Yes. And is government required to obey Christ? Biblically, yes. But they don't. Right. We know they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know that. Uh, <clears throat> but yes, the answer is yes. They are responsible to Christ for every decision they make and every action they take. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. It's a good spot to ask you a question. So for those, obviously, and I'm talking mainly non-believers, people believe that there's no God, that, you know, biblical governance over, you know, a government like the United States of America has no say in this. How, obviously, you preach the gospel to them, but in other ways that you can actually you know, be of service to them to try to help them to, to understand it. Obviously the Holy spirit is the one that will, you know, do its work in salvation, but to, you know, bring more attention to that. Hey, no, this is across the board. You know, first of all, the, the, the word was written by God. It says here, there is governance, you know, by scripture. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, I know your opinion, but give us a little thought as to the best approach. <clears throat> Obviously, you want them to preach the gospel. Right. But with the mentality that now, <clears throat> what, you know, why is God in this? Stay away. 
separation of church, church and state. Well, uh, that's Romans 13, right? Absolutely. And I want you to get a little bit. And that's why the reason I was asking, you know, because you brought up a great point in regards to the political uh, nature of, you know, Christianity in many ways. I was watching a documentary as I was working and because I'll play stuff in the background as I'm working. But I came across this little small documentary on uh, on MAGA. So make America great again. You know, that slogan used by Trump during his presidency and all that, even before presidency, he started using it. But anyway, it has become almost like a cult brother. And within the cult of MAGA, you know, because now they have, you know, the Christian conservatives involved and you got the just the conservatives and, you know, there's people that make a rap music that talks about, you know, being conservative. But it's almost like an approach. Uh, what was that Baptist church? The one that was always Dan- uh, Danbury Baptist. No, no, it's the other one, though. Westboro, Westboro Baptist Church. West, you know Westboro, how? Westboro. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's very Westboro. I think about the, the, the uh, Denbury Baptist. That, that was two hundred and something odd, three hundred. Yeah, yeah, you're, anyway, yeah. Go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Westboro. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So yeah. it's very much Westboro like, but this whole MAGA movement has become. I believe they're making an idol of Donald Trump, first of all, but secondly, they're using Christianity as a as their support system, and. The stuff that I was hearing from these people, you know, they'll quote scripture, they would talk about loving your neighbor. But when it came to, you know, uh, let's say the homosexual or the uh, 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 the trans person, man, it was more hate than really loving them and, and trying to, you know, preach the gospel to them. I mean, to the point that in one interview, this guy was so appalled by this person. Uh, it's a transgender uh, a man trying to become, a, you know, in the process of supposedly becoming a woman. He's a man. Right. right, was appreciating like the music that he was playing, and the, this person, this man, was saying, "You know what? I actually, I, I, I like. I'm a conservative myself. You know, aside from my, you know, my trance, uh, I'm a conservative. I like that guy's music. He has a great message when it comes to. But this artist, this guy, was so appalled, brother, by the trance that he was like, "I can be near that 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 guy, that person. I gotta stay away." And it's like, wait a minute, you claim to be a Christian, you claim to uphold the biblical truth, but you're like running away or disgusted by this individual. So, you know, coming back to what you were saying, how much does the political uh, side of things reign over people's hearts within the church instead of scripture, you know, reigning over them? I think you put that very well. Um, And yeah, it rains too much. Mm-hmm. too much um and that's been my point and i, I want to be careful we we're not saying that we condone sin or that right. we condone this kind of behavior mm-hmm. but we also know that jesus ate with the sinners and the publicans mm. for the purpose of telling them about the gospel amen right right uh you know i mean there's a number of issues in scripture like when peter pulled away from the gentiles and went over to the Jews, and, and Paul had to rebuke him to his face mm-hmm. and say, why are you pulling away from the Gentiles just because the Jews showed up? You know, this is the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, th- these were all believers, and of course, that, that goes to divisions in the church, but we need to learn how 
to love these people and and understand ways to to present the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. And you know how you love them? When God makes them sick, sick, go visit them in the hospital and show them the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? When they hit a crisis in their life, if you if you know these folks, go and and minister to them during that crisis. Mm-hmm. Demonstrate to them the love of Christ. What they're not seeing is the love of Christ. Yeah. They they are seeing a lot of division and hatred and anger and you know you're trying to do this you know destroy our kids you're trying to corrupt our kids yes that's true like with the um what do you call it? the the uh transgender shows they have in libraries and places like that where they're talking to kids uh, drag queen shows that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to think of yeah it's true I mean these they are corrupting kids and and shame on the parents who mm-hmm. are taking their kids there because they're corrupting their own kids right yeah right but you don't approach that drag queen in hatred. Mm-hmm. There are two great commandments in Scripture. Number one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, right? Mm-hmm. And then love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> well, who's my neighbor, the Pharisee asked. Mm-hmm. And what parable did Christ tell? The parable of the Samaritan, right? Yep. And the yeah. Samaritan, yeah. And the Samaritan went and the man had fallen among thieves along the road in Rome and the Pharisees passed by and the Sadducees passed by, but it was the Samaritan, you know, the despicable person in, in that period of time that went and helped that man and picked him up out of the ditch and took him mm-hmm. and got him patched up and gave him a place to stay and paid the innkeeper that shows the love of Christ. That's how you show the love of Christ. You you minister to people's needs. Mm-hmm. And we have right. this strange mentality that, oh, I only do that if it's a fellow Christian. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Mm-hmm. You Which, do that to everybody. <laughs> perfect. No, and check no. this out. Because no. as you're speaking, my mind was going. Let me ask you a question. If your neighbor would have been a trans person, a homosexual, you know, whatever. Whatever you want to put there, where, 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 would your approach be any different, brother? Or is your no. heaviness for that person that you know they're in pain, you know, is of that out of love, reaching out? I'm your neighbor. I can help you, you know, care for your home while you're gone. Would that change? Sure. No. Right? No. No, it wouldn't because that's a person made in the image of God, just like my neighbor currently is. Right? And let me guess, your and a person, ultimate goal. And a person that needs uh-huh. Christ the same right. way. Thank you. And right. I was going to say, your ultimate goal in you doing that with your neighbor was to, you know, have a conversation right. about salvation, God. That's the ultimate goal, right? So you that wouldn't change that com- anything. Right. You don't have that conversation unless you, unless you demonstrate to them that you're trustworthy to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's your safe person that they can sit down and have a conversation with and listen to. Mm. Because here's the problem: <clears throat> we get all riled up against these folks, and yeah, the, the, they yeah I know Romans one, and I know the perversion, and I understand all of that. 
But I also understand that many of these folks were victims of abuse when they were children. Many of these folks went through traumatic experiences when they were young. And that traumatic experience or number of them was one of the catalysts that drove them in that in the direction of being transgender or drag queen or whatever it might right. be. Um, you know, in and of course in their natural mind, they don't see anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. In their right. mind, they're, they're not well, what am I doing wrong? I'm just being me. What do you, why are you messing mm-hmm. with me? Right. Mm-hmm. But when you approach it as, Hey, I heard you have, have this need. Let me meet this need for you. All of a sudden you become a person that they feel a little bit more comfortable with mm-hmm. to open up to and have a conversation with. Right. And they might even be more willing to hear the gospel from you when you demonstrate the love of Christ to them. Mm-hmm. Then if you're just screaming and yelling at them and, you know, I mean, drawing those battle lines between the Confederates and the, and the Union, right? I mean, right. just to give an right. example, right? right? I mean, it's uh, you're just drawing those battle lines and going to war. Mm-hmm. Well, what did the Christians of the first century do? I mean, they were hated. Oh, they, yeah. were being, they were being persecuted on two fronts, the Romans and the Jews yeah, were absolutely. persecuting them, right? Mm-hmm. But what did they do? They served the people that were persecuting them. Amen. Amen. You know, for the purpose of demonstrating the love of Christ. Mm, that's huge. That's what they did. And that's how the church grew. Yeah. You know, I understand you know, that, that there's an elect, there's a, there's a number of people who are the elect that God has determined would would come to him, right? Mm-hmm. But when we present the gospel, we present it to everybody. Mm, yep. It goes to everybody. Right? Amen. And people, I know we keep saying, well, because we don't know who the elect is. No, because number one, Christ commanded us to do that. And number right. two, there are fellow human beings. Absolutely. We're supposed to love them and care for them. And even if we know that they're, they're, they're not going to accept Christ and I go to hell, we still serve them. Mm, mm-hmm. Why? Because it talks to our character. Amen. Amen. You see, it it's just as important for the development of our own character as it is for the other what what it does for the other person. Mm-hmm. And if our character is wrapped up in hatred and anger, and this is the big problem I have with a lot of talk show uh, programs on the radio, you know, the radio talk shows, yeah. a lot of the social media stuff, uh, TikTok, um, you know, you see a lot of this bantering on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all these uh, YouTube even. Uh, the problem I have with all of that is that it poisons our mind with, with uh, the, the way of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, how the world is thinking. Right, cut that stuff off, and spend more time in scripture. Mm, that's huge. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and stop worrying about you know. Oh well, they're just going to destroy our nation. They're going to destroy. Well, what if God wants to destroy the nation and do something different? Huh? What right. about that one? Right. Right. I mean, we're not pure as the driven snow, folks. 
I mean, oh, we're good. Russia and China, they're bad. And Ukraine, oh, yeah, rah, rah, Ukraine. Every nation on this earth has evil in it, folks. Come on. Let's snap out of it and get back into reality. Mm-hmm. The United States has done some horrible things to people around the world. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. But so has Russia. And so has China. And so remember Imperial Japan? Mm. <laughs> remember the Nazis of Germany? How about Genghis Khan? How about Ho Chi Minh, who did horrible acts against the the, the uh, South Vietnamese when, when they took over that country? Uh, we can go down the list. You know, and, oh, well, all you white guys, you know, you're just you're you're just evil because of slavery. Well, okay. How about the slave trade of uh, you know capturing Europeans and taking them into North Africa? Right, mm-hmm. which was there were more white slaves in North Africa than there ever was in the transatlantic uh, crossing. Yep. Right. Uh, read the book. Um, uh, was it uh, by Thomas Sowell? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, white liberals and white liberals and black rednecks. I think is the name of the yeah, book. Yeah, I think you're uh, right. He really lays all that out. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I mean. Well, you know, us Asians, we're not bad. It's you, it's you white guys. Oh, really? Genghis Khan? Imperial Japan? Communist right. China? How, how many atrocities did they commit? Mm-hmm. Right? Let's get over this stuff. This is just nonsense. You, you know how you uh, conquer a people? You divide and conquer. Do you know how you get people to rally behind you? You make a common enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. How did how did Hitler get them to rally around him? Oh, they made a common enemy. It was the Jews yeah. and the Christians. Yeah. They were the common enemy, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and and the country rallied against this enemy. You create an enemy, and the country rallies around you. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. We've seen this con- over and over and over again throughout history. Right. Oh well, we got to take we got to invade Iraq because you know weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, yep. And where did they go? Yeah, never found them. Never found anything. No, that was just making a common enemy for a purpose, right? Get everybody all riled up, right? So look, this is what politics does to us. This is what getting worked up in all this angst does to us. We need to rise above that and walk according to scripture. Mm, amen. And, and we need to love our enemies. Scripture says that mm-hmm. love your enemies. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't go, go after them. You don't go to war with them. You don't, you love your enemies. And it overcomes everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'll lose my life. Well, you know, stand in line with all the other martyrs that lost their life. Yeah. Why are we so skittish in, yeah. in the American church? Absolutely. Really? I mean, you know, Paul could lose his head, but you can't lose yours. Mm. What makes you better than Paul? What makes me better than Paul? We stand boldly for the gospel. We stand boldly for the principles of scripture. We don't back down. And by the way, government, 
you're bound by Christ as well. Just as the Christ is the head of the church, and guess what? Christ is the head of government too. Amen. Amen. Oh, that that stirred some people up. How do you know that? Well, uh, Romans thirteen three: For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Well, that means they have to follow principles of Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they are uh, they're uh, promoting evil, not the good. Amen. And when they do that, they're committing cosmic treason against God. Your thoughts, brother? No, you're absolutely right. And how much do we have that nowadays, brother? They want at peace the sinful nature of individual or particular groups instead of holding high God's authority right. for a temporary thing. These, everybody, every single one of us is going to die, is going to be, be before the Lord. And huh. you're not going to have an opportunity to even explain yourself because that's it. So it's a matter of, uh, like you said, brother, starting studying scripture, let go of your political views and your political, uh, you know, stand. Well, I, I wouldn't time. say let. I wouldn't say let go of your political views. I, but I mean, you, I mean, you know. let me put it. Well, let me change it to this. Okay. Let your Bible stand first before your political position. Okay. Well, that's what it, I was trying to the, say. <laughs> let it be the foundation. Of let it, it be the foundation. Correct. Yeah. You, yeah. Your foundation and your political stand is driven by Scripture, not right. by your political stance. Right, not by some human reasoning of political stance. Right, right, because it's yeah, gonna it's gonna yeah. lead into, you know, uh, your own knowledge, your own intuition compared to where the foundation is scripture. It's not your knowledge. It's not your intuition. It's God's. It's God's right. knowledge. It's God's instruction and guidance. And what else do you do? We need. So no, thank you, thank you for having me uh, yeah. explain that. But yeah, but it's true. It's have the foundation be your scripture. Instead of your political stance. Oh, excuse me, brother. The grass is getting me against me. I, I oh. see that. I see that. Well, you yeah. know what? We're at a good spot right now, brother. We can also continue it on the next podcast if you want to expand upon it. If you have any last inside words, I know you're suffering <sighs> the, uh, <sighs> you know, that, that pollen <laughs> and plants and grass around you. I'm going to take that little this, pill that gets rid of The struggle is real for you, I can tell. <laughs> but that's what you get when you leave California, bro. This, I know, I know. <laughs> I left and went all the way across the country to the other side. <laughs> I get this. <laughs> oh, imagine if this was a video release. <laughs> Oh, uh, it'd be a comedy hour. <laughs> oh my goodness. But anyway, yeah. So uh God bless North Carolina. By the way, did you the, the lieutenant governor of North Carolina? Uh-huh. What's his name? I cannot think. Um oh come on. I can't think of his name. Anyway, he is a fireball and he's running. Oh yeah. Up. Yeah. He he, st- he stood up at CPAC and talked. I mean, he he preached a sermon. <laughs> wow! All biblical. Wow! Really? Wow! Yeah, yeah. He's ready. He's ready to. He's ready to take names and 
Yeah, so uh, read really? scripture. Okay, good. Take really? names and read scripture. How's that one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. And we need people like that. I, man, I'm I'm yeah. I'm down with DeSantis running for president. You are. Uh, you like I like DeSantis? that. I like DeSantis. He got a hill to climb. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a hill to climb. Trump's yeah. way ahead, but you, you know. All yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. I mean, I mean, yeah, what are whoever, our other best options? I mean, <laughs> whoever God wants, you know. That, well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know sure. there's, I know some are easy to discern that He doesn't want them, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but <clears throat> but it's true. Whoever God puts there, that's who He's going to put there. I gotta look up this guy's name real, real quick. Type, type, type. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to remind the folks that listen to us. Keep in mind, we have all our podcast episodes on Podbean. You can find us on every platform out there from Apple to Amazon to Spotify to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Go check it out. Go to our webpage, thevortexapologetic.com. That's alive and well. You can find information about the brain and myself uh, and some stuff that we like, hobbies. You know, we got a little biography there on each one of us short and sweet uh also you're able to find every episode of the vortex apologetic from the beginning from its inception up to date also my brother well he's been slacking lately but it's okay i still love him very much uh we have a blog we have a blog we have some articles that we you know drop from time to time i recommend you go read them also we have uh another brother of ours uh, a brother in christ that uh we he releases some good articles that's uh, your old pastor brother my pastor Uh, david gamble so we actually he he's a a great i i like his writing he's a great writer as well so i'm a fan of he does a great job that's that's why i figured i could slack a little because david's picking up the slack you see folks you see what he does he's retired and you know he feels like thanks dave appreciate you yeah yeah the brain feels like he can do whenever he wants you know like you know like he's a president or the owner oh my goodness (laughs) but yes folks Go in there, check the stuff out, you know, drop us a comment, share away any of this content. We don't, we don't make money off of this. That's something that we have not done. Oh man, We've I was wondering made... why I didn't, I was wondering why I didn't get my paycheck. Uh, oh yeah. I was going to say, why is you haven't gotten paid here? <laughs> yeah, bro. Been waiting, man. It's two years later and it's like, oh. How about a word from wait, our wait, sponsor? Wait. Oh wait, we don't right have now, a <laughs> You're You're asking me like, uh, remember, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Office. Or office space, sorry, office space and office space and uh, one of the characters. He was yeah, always is that asking the about the stapler. He kept saying, "The boss would always say, yeah, and I have to uh, move your desk to a so, different yes. well, Can you back <laughs> up to- more? We need to put use this area for storage. <laughs> yeah." And he was yeah. always asking about his stapler, right? And in yep. the end, it's like, yep. where's my check? And it's like, you're not even part of the company, dude. You're just here. You just so show up. Funny. There's no check. <laughs> By the way, um, the lieutenant governor for North Carolina's name is Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson. I'm going to check him Robinson, out. Mark Robinson. You got to check out some videos of him. Okay, he I is, will. He is Spit a fire, fire huh? Off. Oh, he... He calls it down from heaven like Elijah. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, not literally. all right. I'll I'm just, I'm just. Out. It's a metaphor, okay? <laughs> we better watch it, bro, because people's gonna start believing that, you know. <laughs> uh, I gotta get. I know my audience, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway. 
Good stuff, my brother. No, there's some people that want to call some fire down. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. it. <laughs> you know that, that some people want to do that. But anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, um yeah, well, keep surviving another week in California out there, you know. Uh, just, you know, don't forget the homeless. Which I think is most of the population out there, isn't it? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I mean, you lived in East County, right? Yeah. Some of, some of these bridges you went through, you drive through, you went over. You'll be surprised. I, I You'll be were. surprised when they were when there was nobody there. There's yeah. some little encamp encampments going on. Let me. Oh tell yeah, you. remember where did I work? <laughs> oh, I know you worked in downtown. You worked <laughs> at the college, college at uh, the college now. So I know you know that I know because I work in downtown as well. Yeah. And you know yeah. what, brother? Recently, I went to downtown. We went down for a concert, and I'll tell you what, it was sad. Actually, take it um, back. When we went to a baseball game, the Padres play. The Padres, it yeah. It was sad, brother. This whole, just going, actually, we took the trolley from a few exits away from the stadium, and mm-hmm. man, just going in, we passed through, you know, one of the bridges, and the encampment was like, three four blocks long I'm you, like, you, oh you, my goodness and that and that's that's horrific but yeah. you know what i call that what's that you ready for this brother lay it on me i call that a ministry opportunity oh ouch oh ouch Hey, you we'll know just what? Leave it at that. Wait, wait a minute. When you, you know what? You're retired. Yeah, when just, you have a minute, why don't you drive down to San Diego, huh? You got a fast car, don't you? Oh, we're yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, every time I drive by a state trooper, he's eyeing it. <laughs> I do. Oh my. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, we're planning on coming back out. Uh, probably, we're going to try to come out in October again this year. Oh, okay. All right, brother. Yeah. So we'll have to get together. Absolutely. And, uh, visit and, um, you we know, have to do a podcast. Wanna, you know that, right? Well, just, just have supper ready for probably about, uh, 10 state troopers because they're all going to be following me coming in. To uh, the well, you know what? So, I'm going to yeah. roll the red carpet straight to yeah. in and out. Yeah. Uh, in and out. That'll get me out of a <laughs> ticket right there. Real easy. <laughs> You know, of course, there'll, there'll be a mile behind me, so right, there'll be right. enough time to get the order going and you know, feed them all when they, you know, you know what, bro? I'll, <laughs> I'll fill my truck with a bunch of boxes of donuts and we're good. Oh, come on, with the donuts. <laughs> oh, come on, man. That's a low blow. <laughs> that never gets old. You know, I'm a, reti- I'm a retired cop. Don't you? I know. Look, I've been I, doing CrossFit. I've been getting rid of my donut belly. You know, brother, every once in a while, I got a hit below the belt. You know that. You know, I can't take your karate, you know, and oh, your kung fu. Yeah, come, come on, on bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we better call it. We're at Let's call it, brother. 27 seconds. So. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. All right, brother. Uh, so, I'll, let's see. What do I say again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember, remember, folks, it's been so long. Remember, folks, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. We'll see you next podcast. You know what? Maybe you'll get paid now. Maybe. <laughs> folks, we'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic 
It is our prayer that God is glorified and that you are richly blessed by this podcast. We are living in amazing times, and it is a privilege to encourage and strengthen your Christian walk through the use of modern technology. Therefore, remember that you can find us at thevortexapologetic.com, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all major podcast providers. Just search for The Vortex Apologetic, and there you will find us. Thank you again, and remember, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. God bless.